0: zeg ben je zelf met je kop door de helft je man straight up and unfortunately that's where we're at a lot of people are consumed by this and it's driving them crazy and they hate their neighbors Sad.
1: Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 116 of The Underground. As most of you know, we are doing these live now. And I'm joined every be- every week by the one and only Joseph.
0: Wild West Kemp Style.
1: And I'm your other host, David. Sexual Tyrannosaurus. And this is the show where every week we remind you. Give me the meat and give it to me at all. Oh, sorry. That's the wrong one.
2: Politics
1: ruins everything. So thank you guys so much for tuning in wherever you're doing that, whether it's from our podcast feed, whether you're watching us live on YouTube right now, or I don't know, I guess those are the only two things right now, (laughs) either either way, thank you guys so much, um, and we just uh, hope that you will stick around, and uh,
0: yes, yes, welcome, welcome, yeah, put it there, (laughs) One one of us, one of us, one of us,
1: one of us. One of us. One of us. Joseph, how are you One doing? of
2: us. <laughs> I left you hanging on that. I, I feel like that should play after you put give me the meat and give it to me. <laughs> 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 oh no, but welcome everyone. Uh, if you're not familiar with our value for value system here, we utilize it as a listener-based support model where you get determined the value of our content and what it's worth. And so it Basically, what that means is that if you feel you're getting value from our content, you can donate in the form of your time, talent, and treasure. Time, meaning any effort you put in improving or developing our content or sharing it. Talent, meaning any skills you possess that you want to contribute to help us develop our platform. And then treasure means you know paying a one-off amount or a reincurring contribution for the value that you think your service is worth. Obviously, we're pushing the monetary donations because the goal is to... Have enough support on the monetary side to where we don't have to monetize our YouTube content or even any advertising on our podcast, because anytime you get any advertisers or sponsors, they do encroach to some extent on your ability to freely speak. And so our goal is to be not tied to anyone or anything, uh, event now, but especially eventually in the future. So if you want to, you can just click the direct.me link either in the description of our YouTube video or in the show notes of our podcast episode. And there you'll find our PayPal link donation, you'll find our Bitcoin wallet address, you'll find our YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And so remember the three best things you can do is to donate to the podcast, download our episodes, and then to share our, our content as a whole. And we really appreciate it, whether if it's a $1 dollar or a hundred billion dollars, Um, all are welcome so that's pretty much our value for value and there was also if you do donate through paypal be sure to include a note or email us and let us know hey i donated and what you would like us to say live on air our producer for this episode is tyler daniels for 116 so shout out to tyler
1: yes thank you tyler second time i've let you know yeah so and if if you are going to send us a note and you email us please make sure to put donation in the subject line because otherwise we have tons of emails coming in all the time yes Uh, i'm pretty sure someone signed us up for a bunch of random spam uh emails because i'm getting stuff all the time about like norton virus and
2: uh like walmart like Uh, uh, that's better than what i get someone signed me up i think for a bunch of conservative and democratic candidates so now i'm just getting sarah palin trump freaking random house representative and <laughs> freaking florida or california and then joe biden bernie sanders all kinds of crap and i'm just like stop that's Ooh, all how'd y'all get this
1: that's all the ads on youtube right now too it's just tons of smear campaigns yeah. um like some lady named beasley is always showing up before i watch stuff it's like, oh, I needed to learn how to replace the RAM in my computer. And they're like, do you know that Sharon Beasley is bad? And you're like, can I can you just send me to the video, please? I'm not
2: voting for you. <laughs> Why am I getting this? Can I opt that's, out of political messaging? Yeah, that's October, were, that's if, October for you, if, dude. If they had an option of that for you they would probably lose so much money so oh, yeah people will probably opt out of it
1: yeah they're they're getting youtube's getting a lot of money uh from the political ads right now and it's definitely it's exhausting
2: uh all right well
1: let's go ahead and jump into our first story for the day uh, this was something okay. that we sort of teased at the end of our uh, final review for rings of power very happy that's done Very, very happy we're done with that. We
2: were all celebrating that crap show was (laughs) over with. I mean, hey, listen, I think we were talking before this episode. One thing I was going to mention is that people have to learn to separate a show or movie they enjoy versus something that's objectively bad in the writing, directing, editing, and so on on a consistent, consistent basis. You know what I mean? It's like I can get enjoyment. I think the I think there's an ar- good argument to be made that the first Hobbit movie, this is one I bring up all the time, is good. Like you could say it's good, not great, but you could say it's good. Even though I think I would say it's about average to good. Um, but then the second two are bad. Just no way around that. But I still find enjoyment in them, and I'm still able to recognize most of their flaws. Where I think some people think that if, you know, it, it's too. extreme, It's two extremes, but on this other extreme, it's you have to absolutely love every single piece about it. And it's like, well, none of this makes sense on a frame-by-frame basis. And what they said you know, three episodes ago now is not coming true here. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Listen, I haven't watched the Hobbit movies in so long. It's hard to really have a solid opinion about them. I, I remember liking things about the first one, but they finished what two-thirds of the story in that first movie yep and so it just and you kind of everything
2: else was bloated after that
1: yeah and you have to take that trilogy as a whole yep so it's like oh well this partial story is kind of good right like that's that's sort of what it
2: turned what it turns into but Uh, my main point is i find enjoyment in it but i'm still able to recognize the the flaws in it you you get what i'm saying yeah absolutely and it's not like everything has flaws. I just mean how this is severely lacking in a lot of areas. And so I think that's what people have to learn yeah. to differ- differentiate. Well, you can still enjoy yeah. the Rings of Power if you want to, but at least be able to recognize all of the flaws associated with it. And it's just difficult for me to even give any episode above a five.
1: I think that it's going to run into the same problem that a lot of this other stuff or that the hobbit does too is that let's say they do and this is very unlikely let's say that they rework rings of power season two comes out and it's better right Mm -hmm. you still have season one to contend with so do you just tell everyone like no don't watch the first season you know the one that's supposed to be setting up everything moving forward
2: yeah I think what they do is how they open up season two. First off, Amazon should clean house. Secondly, they should open up, after they do that, open up season two where Gladriel's waking up from a bad dream or, or just completely start anew. Don't even worry about having to explain the last season. Just pretend like the last season didn't even happen. Hey, we're scrapping that crap. And we're starting fresh. Yeah. Uh, and with the looks of it, that seems like what they need to do. Because according to the Hollywood Reporter, the showrunners... Uh, it was a showrunners, right? Let me. Yeah, yeah. The showrunners say that Sauron will be like Walter White in season two. So clearly, they got exactly what Tolkien was saying when he described Sauron. That he was thinking about Walter White. And as I told Gary from Nerd I mean, Tolkien never said that. Sauron wasn't like Walter White, you know? Yeah. Uh,
1: showrunners, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay gave The Hollywood Reporter some insight into the thought process of introducing the Dark Lord as a charming low man and also teased what comes next for the character in season well, they, two.
2: They didn't do that in season one.
1: No. and uh...
2: A charming low man. Uh, yeah it just didn't make sense hey you know what in the silver timeline David J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay are great showrunners we're just in their (laughs) own timeline
1: (laughs) uh yeah and then you had sent me this uh this clip of one of them talking about how he took a random letter of Tolkien's uh about Galadriel being able to see everything that sauron felt about the elves mm-hmm. and their interpretation of that was oh let's make them be in a relationship that yes. must that is that is the best explanation like that's a faith, faithful interpretation i was just i'm just like these uh
2: yeah, it's just backward logic. I mean, he says, what's in the Lord of the Rings books is an all-accompassing evil that everyone's afraid of and is so powerful. It doesn't even have to be manifested physically. He's an image of an eye in Peter Jackson's films. He's the eye of the on the tower. We felt Sauron should be a character in his own right. We wanted to study the currents running within him in a way that hopefully would reward audiences. As they follow him moving forward, as he becomes a dark lord, you now know him as a person outside the name Sauron. I wish I didn't. Not in your interpretation. (laughs) In some ways, we want to do an origin story for Sauron. We didn't want to make the show. We didn't want to make a show that was about the hunt for Sauron. They literally said that. We didn't want to make a show that was about the hunt for Sauron. It's literally what she's doing.
1: Yeah, it's what she's doing through the whole season.
2: But we love the idea of Sauron as a deceiver who could hopefully deceive some of the audience. Well, no, he didn't. Like, dude, one thing we didn't think about is like, how the heck did Hallbrand get a freaking cloak going in the uh,
1: I mean, it's a long way. He could have stolen one along the yeah. way. Um, yeah. And then there was the, uh, the thing, and this is something we've been talking about for a while where they had said in that same clip I was talking about, Yeah. they had said that uh, they wanted a chance meeting because Tolkien was really into chance meetings. And if you, and I looked it up cause I was kind of like, okay, I, what, what, does that imply and it's usually like oh well two characters run into each other in a pub and they strike up a relationship and this is just a chance meeting between two friends who are right. people that would ultimately become friends or go on an adventure together and that's something you can definitely use at the start of a uh, of a story yeah the problem is is that when you make their chance meeting in the middle of an ocean <laughs> there's no <laughs> the likelihood of that happening is so small whereas if you're talking about a local pub a place where people have a tendency to gather it's like sure that's plausible it's more plausible for sure and it, it it's not uh completely outside the realm of something ha- like something that would yeah. happen you know what I mean like
2: how would Sauron know to be in the Sundering Sea is that Galadriel's being sent off to Valinor exactly, exactly. And, and her exact location of where she would be and that she would end up leaving on top of that and so right. on whereas and so forth,
1: if mean. they had met in a pub or, or somewhere that was a gathering space for people, and you eventually reveal that he was looking for her the whole time, their chance meeting makes a little bit more sense. You can back that up with, well, he was actually looking for her, so this what she believed to be a chance meeting turned out not to be
2: the case. Hey, um, that sounds like it just what works in general. Gandalf does in The Hobbit with meeting Thorin yeah and you you could probably say that
1: um aragorn running into the hobbits in fellowship and that being a quote-unquote chance meeting which it really wasn't at least from their perspective they you the the story's perspective for a little while you kind of think it is but he was aware of them and looking for them at the same time so it yeah it's it's kind of an interesting little um little thing that they added in there and i'm like y'all random encounter in the middle of
2: the ocean is not what you should have gone for.
1: Like, it just... Uh, it's so frustrating thinking about yeah. it.
2: It's a bad, it's bad storytelling. And then they fin This is the end of the article, so we don't have to go through everything. But oh, yeah. Sauron can now just be Sauron, McKay adds. Like Tony Soprano or Walter White, he's evil, but complexly evil. We felt like if we did that in one season, he'd overshadow everything else. So the first season is like Batman Begins... And The Dark Knight is the next movie. With Sauron maneuvering out in the open, we're really excited. Season two has a canonical story. There may well be viewers who are like, this is a story we were hoping to get in season one. And season two, we're giving it to them. Guess what they just said? Season one is a canonical (laughs) after they lied forever about it being uh, going back to the books, you know? The first season That's the is thing like, when Batman I read that begins. when that when I read that article I was like or the end of the, that last paragraph man I can't talk and I saw the Tony Soprano Walter White The Batman Begins The Dark Knight I was like the funniest thing about this isn't that it's that that they're saying hey season two is going to be the canonical story but hey fool me once which I mean we weren't fooled but no. other viewers you know shame on me or you fool me twice shame on me but you know, obviously. We know what's what
1: Zach's made a really good point in the troll room. He said in the age of positive consent, it's such a weird stance to take to say Tolkien never said no.
2: Um, so it's okay to do it. Like, you know, <laughs> it is an odd stance to take. It's a very odd argument. I think I told someone I was like, it's like me saying to my wife, well, you never said I couldn't mortgage my house to purchase Super Bowl tickets. For uh, our house, uh-huh, Right. Uh
1: huh. Yeah oh
2: lord an argument from silence is a fallacy
1: but uh this got brought up gary uh Nerd-Rotic put this in his video and i just wanted to to share this with some more people because i this was something we had talked about in our reviews for the show that it was like if you went back to the beginning of the show and you tried to do a timeline for the events of sauron like how much agency did he have in the things that were going on versus not uh and i thought that summed it up pretty well uh, it mm-hmm. says uh, Sauron didn't plan to get shipwrecked. Oh, spoilers! By the way, I mean, there. By now, y'all should realize we're gonna spoil the crap out of the show. We've already done it for like sixteen hours. <laughs> yeah, Can you right. believe that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like sixteen I can't hours of how us, bad
2: dude. Tolkien's this. The uh, adaptation of Tolkien is but it's not obviously an adaptation
1: uh, so he says Sauron didn't plan to get shipwrecked trapped on a raft and almost eaten by a sea worm twice he didn't plan on meeting Galadriel an elf who astoundingly had just jumped out of her ship to somehow swim the entire length of the sundering seas in the middle of the ocean Sauron didn't plan to be rescued by the Numenorians. he didn't plan for Galadriel to refuse to believe that he'd stolen a symbol from a dead man as he told her Then insists that he was a king while he insisted he wasn't. He didn't plan to be out in prison for theft and assault. assault. Sorry, I was reading that sentence again. He didn't plan to be out in prison. Anyway, Sauron didn't plan for Galadriel to somehow convince Numenor to send ships to Middle-earth. He didn't plan to be caught in a pyroclastic flow from the eruption of Mount Doom. He didn't plan to be stabbed by a lance, off-screen, question mark. He didn't plan to get uh, an infected gut wound. Sauron didn't plan for Galadriel to force him to ride six days to Eregion, a stronghold of his millennia-old enemies, to be under the care of elven healers who didn't sense uh, he's Maiar. He didn't plan for Celebrimbor to let him assist on a project he couldn't have known existed. Sauron didn't plan on some grand scheme to seize power. He didn't even lie to Galadriel. She orchestrated everything that happened to him, often in defiance of his explicit requests. He was ignored because Galadriel always, always insists she's right. Sauron didn't plan on corrupting the rings. He didn't plan on, uh, to assassinate Elrond or Gilgalad. He didn't plan to sabotage Celebrimbor's project or steal the mithril uh, or do anything. He could have easily done to ensure the elves would either die or leave Middle-earth. Sauron didn't murder Galadriel when she confronted him about his true identity. Uh, instead, he offered her to be the anchor for his redemption. Galadriel is furious. He wants to be king to heal Middle-earth. Uh, Honey, you told the Southlands he was their king, (laughs) which is so good. Uh, What this show uh, establishes in its utter fumbling incompetence and in defiance of the most basic of Tolkien lore is that the Sauron of the Third Age is entirely a creation of a deceitful, manipulative Galadriel whose cruelty and rejection drive a uh, a repentant being back to evil, which we've talked about. Uh, In summary, Sauron is is a pennant nobody and happy to remain so as long as he has a forge to work in and some metal to bang on until a shrill pushy Karen of an elf drags him back to power, even though he begs her not to, then crushes him when he asks her out. The show is poison. So I, I yeah. thought
2: I thought that was pretty good. That summarizes uh, it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just um It's just so good that the showrunners and the writers sincerely don't understand tolkien with the fact that they utilize (laughs) peter jackson's writing in the last episode and not even tolkien's own words Mm -hmm. um that's such an
1: interesting thing because it really it brings us into our next topic uh that i found today on bounding into comics um and it's uh some more last of us news says the last of us hbo star bella ramsey reveals she was encouraged not to play the game of course before filming so not only do we have the star of the show not pascal yeah who is uh it's a similar situation if i remember correctly because in his case he kind of saw one was it his nephew is that what he said his nephew played the game a little bit and that's all he saw well so they go through a lot of this and and the only thing that really matters because they kind of talk about how they think what they're doing is and i had mentioned this when we talked about it a couple weeks ago i think they're trying to make this like new walking dead like that's that's the vibe i get from the trailer um just from some of the uh, the scenery and the, the way they're kind of setting up certain shots and it's going to, that the show's going to be a lot more, uh, character driven, right. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. If the writing is good, yeah. like if they decide they want to try to flesh some things out, I'm, I'm going to try to keep like a, a wait and see attitude towards the show, but also very skeptical of everything because Neil Druckmann's involved. Um, but That's it's no it's just at the end here uh oh it says ask during a recent interview with usa today if she had played the game at all before signing on ramsey admitted i was actually encouraged not to so not only has she not played them they actively encouraged her not to play the game ahead of time which is a very weird thing Isn't to it? do especially like neil drugman no matter what you think of them he was involved in both games and i think he's like an executive producer on this i don't know if he had what his role specifically was but you think he would be there to sort of like coax things along and be like okay yes this works yeah that's consistent because the first game in particular is very popular yeah people love love that story including myself the second game not so much Yeah, and so it says, after my first audition, they asked me, have you played it? And I said, nope. And they said, keep it that way. Uh, she playfully explained. But I did watch some of the gameplay on YouTube just to get a sense of it, which is sort of like, that doesn't really mean
2: anything. You would think, you know, as Spooky in the Troll Room points out, that is that counterproduc- That is counterproductive to not have your actress or actor understand the character they're trying to portray on screen of course you can make slight variations if you want to for the creative process that you think needs to be done but it's so weird hey this character that fans have come to love and adore yeah don't even watch anything to do with her we're gonna we're gonna do something entirely different don't even worry about it yeah you know what i'm saying it's just like you know i think one of the problems now i don't remember morford clark saying that the showrunners told her not to. Uh, actually, that didn't happen. I think she explicitly said she hasn't read any of the books regarding Galadriel. And it comes through in the in her portrayal. Uh, and so I think it's just really, just as Spooky said, counterproductive. It doesn't make any sense to not have your actor or actress understand the character they're portraying. Kind of like, what's-his-name, telling John Cena, the guy who directed guardians of the galaxy and directed peacemaker what's his name james gunn james gunn yeah yeah uh to not read anything regarding peacemaker in the comics because john cena was going to
1: well yeah and it's because they they want the the title and they want the characters but they want to create their own thing yeah and that's essentially what, what we got with rings of power now will the last of us tv show be as bad as rings of power i doubt it yeah, yeah. I really, I, I, doubt I, it I highly doubt it.
2: You'd have to try to be that bad.
1: Both of the actors, they're competent. Uh, You know, no matter what you think of Pedro Pascal outside of, you know, his roles. uh, mm-hmm. He was good in Game of Thrones. Um, I can't even remember what else he's been in. Oh, that people have said that he was good Mandalorian. in. Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, I kind of don't count. Ca- we'll just leave the mandalorian alone because that show i don't think that show i don't think the what he has portrayed been portrayed to play in the mandalorian is the reason i don't like that show it's not it's not the reason um he he's he's fine in that i i think it's kind of a he's a bit flat yeah you know what i mean he's not like overdoing it it's it's just sort of and i get what they're going for with that but uh he was apparently pretty good in that um uh, Nick Cage movie that came out recently, where Nick Cage is like uh, playing himself, I think. Or there's oh, some, I don't. You know what I'm talking about. about? Yeah, I can't remember what it was called. Um, but yeah, it's it's odd that now, because I, I what it used to be with a lot of these the unbearable weight of massive talent. Yes, um, what it used to be with a lot of these uh, adaptations is that they just didn't care about the source material. Now what seems to be happening is that they're actively keeping pe- they're, they're actively keeping the production away from it. So rather than like when you got like Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal in The Prince of Persia and uh, it's kind of just a empty version of that story. Like there's accuracy to it, but it was clear that no one really cared about making this. Yeah. Um or like Silent Hill was kind of that way even though there's things about that first Silent Hill movie. And for a while that was probably my favorite of the um, mm. of the adaptations for video games in particular mm-hmm. um, and then you had like the Resident Evil series that was terrible and then kind of started caring about the lore and the characters but in a really B movie like these are still garbage and. I think it, that they pushed into odd. that. Yeah, it's a weird collection.
2: It's odd. Why adapt something that you don't have any passion about? I think that's what helped Peter Jackson out so much, is that he had a, like, it's not just him either. His whole team, their passion just exudes through that movie, even with the changes, the slight changes they make, right? Yeah. And it, But the changes they make don't come from any sort of, political ideology or bent or ideas from themselves they're just trying to make creative choices because we all understand from a book to the screen there are certain changes you have to make because yeah. things don't flow you can't have you know 500 characters in a movie you, you can only have a limited number of characters yeah. and because the medium's different tom
1: bombadil does not work on screen for the most part not as a a central focus of almost a quarter of that book yeah. It, it, there's just certain things that won't won't work correctly to screen whether that's just because you are trying to bring in as much of an audience as possible and so to have something as niche as that in there that kind of takes away from the through line of of what's really going on which is, you know, the hobbits need to get to where they're going, yeah. you know, they it's have to inst- get to the
2: fellowship, we have to get to, yeah. the, you know. Uh, it's inconsequential to the main narrative. Yeah. Books, books and have... And a lot of Lord of the Rings fans are going to freak out with me saying that, but it really is true. <laughs> it really is. Um, I mean... It's really but, cool for, like,
1: lore-type stuff. It doesn't really... It doesn't really make a difference past that, other than he gets mentioned a few times, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it it's... So, for instance, with, like, The Last of Us, obviously there's a a through line and there's a decent story there now if they were to change things or add specific things i i'm fine with that as long as it's done well yeah and that's really what it com, comes to is like uh take take the in house of the dragon and what they did with him and there there was even a recent statement from george r, r. martin confirming all this that what they wrote for the show is better than what he wrote in the book yeah they essentially turned Viserys into a character for the show and it's very yeah. well done he has a great arc uh i think that no matter what happens for the rest of that show uh you can you can point back to Viserys and be like that was a highlight of a character
2: yep um, that's how could, you do great character writing
1: yeah the show could crash and burn and you could still go back to his character and be like that was great i enjoy that yes it's over. We could even just end the series after that, and it's fine. No more, no more House of the Dragon. You yes. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the uh, the difference. And so, if they were to add some extra episodes, or not? Excuse me. If they were to add extra content to give um, more context to Joel and Ellie's relationship, to Joel's relationship with um, oh shoot, her name's gonna slip my mind. He has a partner um, at the beginning of the games. Tess, I think, uh, is her name. Oh yeah. And so if they were to do a little bit more with that, um, hopefully there's not a lot of flashbacks. Uh, it's already been confirmed that one of the actresses that's in the trailer is Ellie's uh, love interest from the DLC for the game. Okay. Um, but they... Uh, it looks like maybe they've changed that because she's on a Ferris wheel and the original story takes place in a mall. Uh, so, like, where the two of them meet and it's before Ellie gets... Um, it, like meets up with Joel I think it takes place about a year or so ahead of time it might even be longer than That's that bad, though. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, yeah you're so familiar little, with last of us than I am so
1: yeah little little things here and there um, which is good because when we review it I want your perspective from the outside Yeah. which is one of the which, which is nice like we want we want to be able to kind of like give give that detail there where it's like yeah I haven't really it's like you're aware of it but you're not that close to the source material right um because you might be able to give a perspective that i'm like well this is annoying because it's like this in the game the or whatever video. and then you're like well it doesn't really make a difference to me like because i think you're right I taking it from potentially like a park or something where there's ferris wheels and whatever to the mall it may not make a difference in the in the long run as long as it's convinced like what they do is convincing yeah.
2: uh, i think there's way to stay, <laughs> i think there's way yeah exactly there's way to stay true to characters uh, description and essence in a story and a narrative and but slightly changing some things as we'll mention later on house of dragon but uh, to where you know there's a gradual change over time versus going you know straight into an arc if that makes sense you know allowing that slow, slow burn to take place or changing uh-huh. something hey instead of meeting in a park or meeting in a mall stuff like that again now as always, they could always indicate, hey, we're about to torch this and do a bad job. But
1: <laughs> speaking of torching, uh, I can't believe this is still going on.
2: <laughs> this argument. I was waiting for this. Um, this is the one I really wanted to get into. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Matt Walsh, right? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> him.
1: He came out on. I guess this was an interview. He was. Oh, this, this is a Daily Wire thing. I guess he was answering questions hey, from people.
2: You know what the thing is? Is that it's not his fault. As a child, he was taught from his parents that Harry Potter was a. Dead. <laughs> um. <laughs> But Lord of the Rings was good. You and
1: know. Now, I, I don't know, and people are more than welcome to disagree with us. There, I saw yeah. people saying with this that he was joking or that he was being sarcastic in his response. Did you get that? I mean, I, I'm going to play the clip, but did you get that that intention
2: from him? So I haven't actually watched the video yet. I wanted oh. to save it for,
1: yeah. Okay, we'll think about it while we're watching it, okay? okay. Oh, dang, if I had known that, I wouldn't have asked you till the end, but it's all okay. right, here we go. It's like a 30 second clip. Um, what's your opinion on anime? It's really popular amongst teens and young adults. I think it's all satanic. I have no argument for it. I have no argument for why
2: it's satanic. It just seems that way to me. All anime to me seems weird, just like bizarre, creepy. Um, and in
1: general, I don't think that adults should be, whether it's anime or any other kind of cartoon with uh, w- with with rare exception, adults really should be watching cartoons in general, I would say.
2: Does that sound sarcastic to you? I, I mean, I'm not familiar with Mount Walsh that Walsh that much, so i' I'm unsure of his you know uh, sense of humor. I imagine that he's probably has a dry sense of humor. Ah, uh, from the, from what I do know about him, so I'm somewhat familiar with him. That didn't sound sarcastic to me, but I mean, I think his problem is is that he's probably watching uh, inappropriate anime uh, shows if he thinks, for, to keep it PG, uh, if he thinks that all anime is satanic. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll just leave that there. But it's just a. Man I think at quarterback with Garrett was mentioning this but this is something we've talked about before on our social episodes we used to do that conservatives like Matt, Matt Walsh and others typically tend to miss the point in speaking to the culture. Yeah. So like this guy has I don't understand why we keep losing the culture war conservatives and they make and they do something like this. It's one thing to say I'm sure I'm sure there's a anime out there that is satanic probably is
1: right well yeah i mean there it's a completely different culture and that's oh god this is a this gets deep if you if you go into it but when you have a culture where spirits and sort of that side of things is more uh, like part of religion there Mm -hmm. that comes out in what they're doing So when they're talking about like devils or they're talking about those kind of things when it comes to to stories that they're making, it's not the same thing as Matt Walsh being like, oh, Satan.
2: Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. But you could say like all anime is satanic is an entirely different thing. That's painting a broad brush but again it's it's missing the cultural beat because it's just like when conservatives again not to get too political here but when conservatives criticize AOC for playing Among Us when it's like actually that's a great strategy to reach the younger generation is by playing guess what video games because guess what a lot of the you know our generation and younger generation enjoy what playing video games yeah and, and
1: she got in with some of the biggest streamers at the time yep and so whether you it, 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 that's the, what it comes down to is whether you like the person who's doing these things or not. It's like when you have a platform and you realize like, oh, Among Us is huge right now. Twitch is huge right now. Let's try to get in with some of these people in order to to push forward <laughs> that to get your name out there. It's good strategy. It's absolutely good strategy if it if you can get it to work. Because uh, I think I think PewDiePie was in some of those games and some, some of the the people that are in his circles. Yeah. Um, so you're talking people with millions and millions of subs, uh, either on Twitch or on YouTube and she got in front of their audiences. Um, now,
2: obviously what I think with Matt, all the rest of that is, if I understand the full context of this, uh, and now I haven't heard this for myself. So take this with a grain of salt. But from what I understand, I think it was from quarter black, glick Garrett that he said that essentially what Matt Walsh was saying is, uh, In order to be a man, you have to sit in a leather-bound chair and watch sports and drink beer on a Sunday, right?
1: Yeah, but that's like
2: that's kind of that typical traditional old school mindset. Yeah, it's like the medium doesn't matter. It's that's not what makes a man. All these cultural things, like a man could be into dancing, he can be into ballet, he can be into hunting, he can be into sport uh, into sporting. You know what I mean? Right. And video games, anime. But this idea that hey, these specific ways again, it just harkens back to old school uh, conservatism. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they just they kind of miss the mark. That it's like, hey, you know what? You may not like it, but instead of calling it satanic, just be like, yeah, I don't get it. I kind of find it weird. It's cool if you're into it.
2: Yeah, just something simple like that.
1: Because that's 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 kind of a normal response to that and what
2: he was going for it's all satanic it's like saying harry potter was uh when all those christian moms back in the uh the 2000s used to say that harry potter was satanic but yeah well, order rings because the magic was different there was witches in harry potter
1: yeah and so it's it's all that kind of stuff that this is the same uh, this reminds people of the same stuff where Fox News used to do stories about like alien sex and Mass Effect or when Hillary Clinton was constantly going after like Grand Theft Auto or whatever because like there was this hot coffee Lord glitch Don, in San Andreas. Trump
2: saying that he thinks that the rise of violence is due to video games too. It's, it's not like, just him that said that's other politicians too on the yeah. Democrat and Republican side.
1: Popular media is always a really good political punching bag uh, yes. especially when children are involved um, and so that is always kind of where it comes from and it is it's a problem when there are a lot of people who have grown up on anime they've grown up on comic books they've grown up on like movies or stuff that would be considered more nerd type media and then like people who you potentially align with politically or even don't like you hear that stuff and it's just like ugh, it's like great we're still doing this it's been 25 years and and the arguments and the the things that we've been doing haven't changed um so i don't know i don't think he sounded sarcastic in that at all so either uh that's not the you know i get he you know people are like oh he has a dry sense of humor or whatever but it's like hey man maybe maybe let him take the l on this one um he's also said he's also said some pretty stupid stuff about ron paul um, mm-hmm. so it's not he's not like 98 percent like people in the comments are like oh he's like right 98 percent of the time and i'm like is he is that true for, is, is really? that true for anyone i just thought it was kind of funny um yeah. all right so on to some I'm, I'm done talking about that on to some yeah. other news um also go watch spy family if you haven't seen it yet spy family's awesome still really really enjoying it
2: um only if great. you're satanic though. pretty great yeah yeah
1: oh we need oh dang it i should have gotten a uh, uh a little thing that said like hail satan
2: <laughs> oh no Of uh alex jones saying he's a demon oh yeah oh I ha- wait do i have that
1: did i put that back up
2: he's Dude, a
1: demon
2: what do you do <laughs> about that guy one thing you can't deny is that he is entertaining hey you know what one the re- greatest showmen of our
1: time you know what will really happen if you um if you watch anime
2: what's that
0: God's gonna put a cancer in the butthole. God's gonna put a cancer in the butthole of every sodomite. Every sodomite. My-
2: <laughs> oh man, people need to watch that clip. That's too good.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, so man.
2: I don't think I've, I haven't laughed that hard in, the last, in a long time when I uh, <laughs> heard that clip. That was that caught me out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> so, Comcast has done us all the favor of pulling the plug on G4 TV.
2: Well, hey, I never opened it. So (laughs) (laughs) I just I've never really cared about or I used to like G4. I never got into it these days. So the whole, you know, obviously I know the drama surrounding it all and what all went down. But I guess, hey, that's what happens when you tell people to stop watching your show. They're going to listen.
0: Uh, you,
2: again, we talked about it with The Rings of Power, too. When you villainize your fans, yeah. they're going to not only stop watching, but tell others not to watch it either. So it's not surprising.
1: I'll, I'll read just a little bit of this. Um, it says Spectacore Division is pulling the plug on video game centric network G4 TV, whose early incarnation in the 2000s remains a cultural touchstone for many millennials just a year after its relaunch. Uh, in a memo. Uh, set to be sent out to all employees. Spectator, uh, spec, excuse me. Spectacore CEO Dave Scott explained that the company's in, uh, investment and efforts to revive the network just didn't gain traction. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Frost's little rant about seven or eight months ago. Yeah,
2: absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs>
1: um, a few dozen employees and contract workers are affected by the shutdown. Comcast said it will assist them with outplacement and consider some for internal opportunities. Um, It would be interesting to see who they decide to keep on if any of their like, you know, mainstays. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, how crazy was it? You saw that tweet that she put out, that Frost put out a couple weeks ago after they did like a round of of firings and she basically was like survived and it's like, yo, a bunch of the people you call friends just got laid off like this yeah is, that was this is out of touch what yeah. are you doing now that was distasteful
2: <laughs> the other stuff i didn't really care about i'm like oh whatever i wouldn't expect anything more but yeah no that's hilarious uh, yeah i guess the big comeback got cut short
1: <laughs> uh only a year later so it and the uh, last
2: a year was it, it, it year? No, okay. it
1: was just okay. over a year. Um what was really odd about it and this is something I don't know if 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 Jake's still hanging out in the troll room but he and I were talking about this a while ago that if you went and looked on their YouTube page in particular because I, they had ads on, they were trying to make money off of YouTube content. They were doing reviews for games that were 5 and like 5 6 years old so they were I, I can't even remember i think they had put out a review for like god of war 2018 um i think they did one for um, i want to say dead space but i don't think that's right i don't i don't even know if their channel is still
2: uh but a bunch of still older up. video games yeah
1: just like a ton of stuff that's like five or six years old and you're like what are you guys doing why is this the content that you're focusing on yeah it needed to be new stuff oh excuse me you needed to give people a reason to show up here yeah and and you know between that the frost thing and then they went full-on crazy where their content was a little more mature back in the day and so they're like oh i guess that's what we're missing and so they tried to go back in that direction they had a bunch of the like uh uh the twitch the uh, i don't can i say twitch thoughts is that is that allowed on on YouTube,
0: anyway, that's who now.
1: that's who they had come on. Is a lot of these women who are generally scantily clad, and they that's how they get a lot of viewership on um, on Twitch. And don't tell me otherwise, because that's a hundred percent what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So they 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 were all over the place trying to you know that happened. They they tried to defend it. They kept going for a while, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh no. I assume they start started seeing numbers drop off drop off and subscriptions yeah. drop drop off and when they were doing live streams, I think those numbers were going down and they were not like not doing well at all. And then uh Yeah, the not too long after.
2: It just bottomed out. It doesn't surprise me, but mm-hmm. I don't really care about G4 either. So, and then this was too.
1: this was the memo that they put out. It said, "Team, as you know, G4 was reintroduced last year to tap into the popularity of gaming. We invested uh, invested to create the new G4 as an online and TV destination for fans to be entertained, to be inspired, and connect with gaming content. Over the past several months, we worked hard to generate that." Uh, interest in G4, but viewership is low, and the network has not achieved sustainable financial results. This is certainly not what we hoped for, and as a result, we have made the very difficult decision to discontinue G4's operations. Um, I was thinking about this. I I think one of the reasons why this stuff probably wasn't doing very well Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with things being kind of decentralized at this point. You don't need a destination for movies tv games what have you because right. there are people on different platforms who are able to do, to to kind of who fill those gaps in the years since g4 disappeared yeah. so you have your people that you go to for movies and tv maybe you have your people who you go to for different gaming Video content. games whether yeah. that's oh I, I like to watch these people play games or they have a pers- or specific perspective on the lore of a specific game so you have all of these different people like the marketplace really did open up with YouTube and the internet becoming more accessible to people as like speeds got faster and you know cameras got cheaper so you could set you know a camera on your desk you could sit there and you could talk about uh, the lore for um, Dark Souls or whatever the case may be right. and you gain an audience doing that and a lot of your content is surrounded in those different things and maybe you branch off from there g uh, G4 turned out to kind of be a fossil and they must I, I it what it makes me think is they probably didn't consider that when they were trying to relaunch it they thought that they could just ride that nostalgia wave into success when in reality it's like well and, and putting the frost thing aside right that was what killed him i would say yeah uh but at the same, along
2: with other measures
1: in that route yeah the, yeah going crazy after that didn't help them at all uh But I imagine if they probably would have just had a slower death if they had uh, if that had never been an issue, Mm because I just don't think that their content was keeping up with everything else going on. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no, I agree. When you're covering video games that are five to seven years old, you're going to be behind the times
1: all right everybody well that is gonna be the end of the episode for us this was episode 116 of the underground uh thank you all so much for tuning in uh, and we will be back next Monday uh well if you're if you're live if you're watching the live stream we'll be back next Monday at 6: 30 Eastern uh otherwise if you are listening to this, we uh put those out every tuesday
0: um so until then we all take it easy
2: politics ruins everything
0: being patient with them i try to but you got room temperature iq, IQ. Expecting a lecture from these idiot guys who mm. got opinions not worth us. what's under my shoe no. y'all tripping on truth when we call it out, call it Cause out. y'all people as goofy as I'll get, out. I'll get out if y'all with them and not with you i'd sit out because mm. every rapper's on the list like my soul's beat up, no people focus on hoaxes in the shows he booked. and I'm hoping to open doors and I got foes and such, but I know that I'll be opposing to the goal I must start attacking, I ain't lacking my brains latched in, same way that I game is the same way of the back end, all the pain that I bring up is like the bang to the batman, I'm back and they rap bands and backtrack and Give a crap about the worst face Only thing you out rapping is a sandwich at Subway And y'all just so happen to welcome beef on my lunch plate And you are a disaster and this can only go one way And you're steady flashing guns in your music viz And I know you do it for the fun but what you doing is Abusing every rule of course you can use it quick You're showing the world you don't know what you are doing kid. Why would you waste your time When well, you can be so much more So much more That I want you to see is everybody is ignorant. It's only when you speak on what you don't know you become slow, and that ignorance crosses into stupidity. Yet I'm still spending my energy debating enemies that tend to be idiots, really inept politically, that don't have the depth to wither me. Oh well, it'll be co chance in hell. So riddle me this. Listen. How am I supposed to take you serious when all of your positions are socially expedient? Thinking you a rebel, but at most you obedient. Opposing opinions make folks be belligerent. A cult and religious, so you know. What's on seeing and vote what you told by the folks that got send this message. Oh, you a hypocrite and I'm in awe cause the diversity you advocate is not in thought. You get away with it cause you placed in a friggin' chamber with echoes ranging Surrounded by a bunch of brainless, your aim is at all the same shame. Cause you ain't slick, afraid to relate other things cause you nameless. Tameless. Weak, empathetic, you epitomize Poetic ties cause you scared to be criticized Ancient trick, you ain't say this You afraid to unplug from the matrix Basic Why would you waste your time? When you can be so much more So much more